Welcome to Creative Biolabs. 100% of the effort, 100% of the service. As a dynamic contract research organization, we are based in New York and serve the whole world. Our seasoned scientists are skilled in antibody discovery, antibody engineering, and biomanufacturing solutions. In the previous episodes, we invited experts in the field of gene therapy to speak to us about the latest development in their area. I believe that everyone has benefited a lot from these discussions like me. The theme of today's program is still gene therapy. We are happy to invite our researcher Steve to introduce us to the clinical application of gene therapy. He and his team have been studying the clinical application of gene therapy for more than 10 years. Thanks for joining us today, Steve. Thank you very much for the invitation. It's great to be here. I remember in the first program when we were talking about gene therapy, you told us the first clinical trial was in 1989. That's about right. And the results of initial gene therapy clinical trials were not very satisfactory. What about now? Well, I would say the overall clinical success of these trials has been limited so far. With some remarkable exceptions, most of the trials have unanticipated technological and biological problems. However, it should be taken into account that, the vast majority of the diseases faced by gene therapy are life-threatening conditions, and gene therapy is a completely new discipline, both conceptually and technically. Then you know, fast forward 20 years, after the first application, around the early 20s, gene therapy was much closer to be called success. The recent results obtained from gene therapy of inherited blindness, and of some neurodegenerative disorders, as well as the progress made in several other clinical trials, are very encouraging, and have sparked some optimism around this area, now that more scientists are working on it. Oh, I see. So I know most people are probably very familiar with how clinical trials are categorized, you know into different phases. But what about for gene therapy? How are the trials structured, you know? compared to more traditional clinical trials, like for drugs. They are similar, with almost no difference. It involves the successful completion of a series of sequential phases. To begin with the clinical testing, it's necessary to prove that the treatment method is feasible and appropriate, both in small animal models, and large animal models of the disease. Then experiments on humans can be conducted. The first human experimentation is a phase 1 trial. The purpose of this kind of investigation is to evaluate the safety, and determine the pharmacokinetics of often different doses, of the compound under investigation. These studies are commonly conducted in a small number of patients or healthy volunteers. In order to move to the subsequent phases, the genetic treatment must prove safe, or at least show tolerable toxicity, in relation to the foreseen therapeutic benefit. The phase 2 trials start to evaluate the efficacy, using a defined dosage and modality of administration. In the case of gene therapy, these trials are still conducted on a very small number of patients. When results are determined to be effective in phase 2, a large phase 3 trial is organized. Phase 3 usually involves a larger number of patients, usually one or a few hundred individuals. Their purpose is to confirm the efficacy data, identify the most appropriate dosage, and monitor the appearance of adverse effects, in a statistically significant sample. Should a drug or a treatment modality pass phase 3, it becomes commercially available. At this point, clinical experimentation continues with phase 4, or post-marketing pharmacosurveillance trials. These are aimed at confirming the safety, 
tolerability and efficacy of the treatment in a very large number of patients, usually on an international scale. Sounds difficult. But of course, patient safety should always be placed on top. So clinically, which diseases can be treated with gene therapy now? Most of the gene therapy clinical trials so far, conducted have been in the cancer field, having their target a vast series of neoplasias, and exploiting various strategies, including anti-cancer vaccination. But then, cardiovascular disorders are the next on the list, a growing number of trials are now on this. In 2008, the first clinical trial for heart failure was initiated. And also, with the discovery of the efficacy of adeno-associated viral vectors, to transfer genes to neurons and retina, gene therapy appears very promising for degenerative diseases, of the eye and retina. In particular, these include Parkinson's, and Alzheimer's diseases in the brain, and labors congenital amaurosis, due to defects of the RPE65 protein in the eye. And it's worth noting over 120 trials for infectious disorders, the majority were for HIV-1 infection. AIDS is a very serious threat in the world right now. I'm glad to hear that's gene therapy's next target. Any good results so far? Unfortunately, none of these trials has been successful so far. But you know, scientists are definitely trying. A good game takes long pain. We all hope the test can be successful soon. You just mentioned that gene therapy can also treat Alzheimer's disease. Could you tell us about its mechanism? Sure. So early between the 1920s and 1940s, scientists realized that neuron survival strictly depends on the presence of soluble factors produced in limited quantity by the tissues targeted by their axonal projections. These factors are collectively known as neurotrophic factors, which can determine the survival of neurons, stimulate neuronal proliferation during development, and regulate a series of metabolic functions in neurons, in adult organisms, including protein synthesis, and the ability to synthesize specific neurotransmitters. Besides their fundamental role during nervous system development, several of the neurotrophic factors exert a powerful anti-aptotic activity in adults, and are thus important for neuronal survival. In various animal models of neurodegenerative damage, administration of neurotrophic factors prevents neuronal loss and significantly improves performance. However, neurotrophic factors do not cross the blood-brain barrier. Gene therapy can use adeno-associated viral vectors to administer the nerve growth factors cDNA to patients to achieve the purpose of treating Alzheimer's disease. That's interesting. And the results of the clinical trials? The number of patients receiving treatment is relatively small, and no clear conclusion can be drawn at this time. However, we can still see from these trials the beneficial role that nerve growth factors production exerts in slowing down Alzheimer's disease progression. This is really encouraging. And I'm also wondering about gene therapy in the treatment of eye diseases. Over the last few years, there has been some significant progress made in gene therapy for eye treatment, but mostly in preclinical models. In particular for the different forms of retinal degenerations, retinoblastoma, and the prevention of neovascularization. But of course, we see great results from clinical trials as well. For example, the clinical trial of gene therapy for the treatment of congenital retinal degeneration has reached phase 2. For retinal neovascularization, we have got to phase 1, and most patients tolerate the treatment well, which is encouraging. In addition, gene therapy has also been explored for retinoblastoma.
So we can conclude that, the clinical application of gene therapy is very promising. Now I believe I have better knowledge of the clinical progress of gene therapies. Thanks again for joining us Steve. My pleasure.